Hello, everybody. It's Thursday, August 31st. Shopo coming at you. Um, Matt is off today, but you're not listener. Uh, Chris, Felix, and myself will be holding it down for you. And I thought we would uh, start off today's show with uh, some good news. Uh, I'm tired of all the bad news. Let's, let's talk about something uh, hopeful and uplifting for a change, something to look forward to. And that is as follows. This is quote from Politico. Blake Masters is making plans to launch another Arizona Senate bid, potentially as soon as next week, according to three people familiar with the matter. Let's go. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, we when we saw Blake Masters, really, I mean, his performance, his entire campaign, uh, the face that he makes in pictures of himself, uh, the way he acts around others, um, the leash that he puts on his kids. Everyone thought the same thing. <laughs> if this guy got to do this exact same thing again, he would win. He, I mean, I, I think he's going to be unstoppable. He could be running for Kristen Cinema's seat. Uh, just seeing, saying here, it says uh, Masters did not reply to a request for comment. Masters won the GOP nomination last year, but lost to Democratic Senator Mark Kelly in a critical swing state. Former gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake's advisors say she is expected to announce the Senate campaign in early fall. Though some Republicans are skeptical, Lake and Masters could run for the same seat. Pinal County Sheriff Mark Lamb is another GOP candidate. Barrett Marson, an Arizona-based GOP strategist, said he talked to Masters a few months ago and he was pretty decisively in. However, Masters had been waiting for Lake to decide on whether to run. So I think, um, provided no one else runs for this uh, in this race, I think Blake Masters has a pretty good chance at it. But if Carrie's in there, I'm afraid it's going to be an uphill. It's going to be an uphill climb for Blake Masters, as as it says later in the piece. I think he is now under the impression that maybe Carrie Lake isn't going to run, because I'll tell you, if Lake and Blake are both in it, he is wasting his time. They occupy the same lane. They have nearly the same name, and she has a much better positive name ID among Republicans. <laughs> Than Blake does. If Carrie Lake runs, there is no lane for Blake Masters. And it's, ama I, I mean, it's, a, it's amazing that like you could say that about Carrie Lake versus anyone. <laughs> like, oh yeah, people see her as like more normal and likable than another candidate. And then you remember all the articles with Blake Masters where it's like, you know, this guy has worked for uh, every Republican since Eisenhower, and he says that he showed Blake Masters to his focus groups. And they all bit off their tongues to kill themselves by suffocation. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, he's like the least likable man candidate ever. This feels like the uh, honey, it's time for your dick flattening meme, but it's Peter Thiel and Blake. It's time for another humiliating Senate Senate run. I, I thought that Blake like permanently like made Thiel reconsider being involved in politics. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Peter Thiel is... Uh, throwing good money after bad. Yeah, I, I think I think the Blake Masters campaign um, uh, just basically like refocused Teal's um, efforts away from our electoral system and towards, you know, uh, eugenic uh, engineering of babies or something like that. But yeah, I, and dealing with bad boyfriends. If I can't find my own Senate candidate, I'll build one in a lab. Yeah. If this is between Lake Masters and cinema, is this the most cursed Senate seat in the in the uh, on the map? Well, I don't I don't think it's going to be between Masters and Cinema. I pretty strongly favor Galago in the in his primary. And Cinema really like she might threaten to do it and she might actually do it, but I don't really think she poses that much of a threat running 
as a third party candidate. I mean, I, I think that if anything, she would sop up like moderate Republican, but like, yeah, no, you know, just it would like, be sort yeah, of like hard Ross to see how Perot cinema, in the 92 election. Yeah, it, w- it would be hard to see how cinema if, if, if she, she becomes independent, like how how she would win in her race divided between Carrie Lake and like a random Democrat. Uh, the guy you met, who's the guy you mentioned Felix the guy is, is this guy Ruben Ruben Gallego Ruben Gallego is like uh you know he's a more regular Democrat who won't shut the fuck up about how he was uh, went to Iraq <laughs> Ruben not Gallagher. as part of the war just like last year <laughs> just last year <laughs> <laughs> I had a great vacation look at the slides he's like would you I got believe a rug. it I had to play I had to pay a seven hundred dinar cleaning fee. and he keeps talking about it (laughs) i gotta say uh when when i got the good news about uh blake masters potentially running again because you know we agreed like in as far as the midterms his his candidacy was the cadillac of uh campaign campaigns in 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 the 2022 midterms yeah by far the funniest i mean like there were a lot of funny campaigns that year you know and there were a lot of like really funny like all of it was hilarious. It was, uh, you know, pretty much every Republican um, in a competitive race humiliated themselves. But Masters was the candidate himself was the most internet poison. Yeah, and uh, he he made a uh, Chad Jack of himself. Posted <laughs> it. Oh my uh, god! So when when I got this good news, I did go back and uh, rewatch the Blake Masters campaign video, the Walther PPK video, where he fires a silenced pistol into the desert. And man, oh man, that what a just like it, it's art. That campaign, that campaign ad was art because like I don't think I've ever seen any. It was like the, the Zodiac Killer or something. And I just <laughs> two things I want to mention from the Blake Masters Walther PPK video. I mean, like a. The glee, okay, the glee with which he says, this is James Bond's gun. It's a gun I've always wanted since I was a child, which is very funny. And then he makes note of its German engineering at least twice in the video. Once before he fired it, once after. And then he's after he's looking at like the smoking barrel and he goes, German made, German made. And then lastly, <laughs> the, one of the last things he says in the video, he goes, it's the amazing thing. You really just feel the bullet. Because like he has a silencer on it and he's just like, you just feel the bullet and you don't even hear it. You just feel the bullet down the barrel. And I guess I, I know we talked about this before, but like there's something about him firing a silenced pistol that's just even more disturbing because he's just like, what is this for, man? <laughs> like you're just like a silencer is, is a very specific thing for a gun. And he's firing it at like a Seguro cactus or something like that. Yeah, it, it's like that. You really don't. I mean, there. <sighs> If someone else got a silencer and I knew them and I could verify their character, it's like, oh, you want to, uh, you know, kill the coyotes that are fucking with your crops without waking up your late sleeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, why? yeah. Or like, or even like if I knew them really well, it's like, oh, you're John Wick. Like yeah. you, you're going to kill a bunch of people, but it's like for a good reason, ultimately. Yeah. But with Blake Masters, it's like, Oh, you you think you're gonna kill your entire family to because you think they're possessed and then yourself. Like you're that type of guy. He's a family annihilator. He's got yeah. he's got that got that look to yeah. him. He also has the uh Mikey Miles look as Oregon Oh my Tech god, yeah. Out. 
It's just such a funny miscalculation because like the way you do a GOP gun fetishist campaign ad is the classic, the minigun into the full copy yeah. of the Obamacare bill. You want power, you want showmanship, you want, and you uh, want the, like the casings noise. falling like rain yeah. into a lake somewhere. <laughs> this is like, yeah. this was my favorite gun from GoldenEye 64. <laughs> yeah, even uh, fucking, what's his name? Uh, Josh Hallway. Like, he did a gun ad where he did get it right. Like, he got the kinetics, he got, like, he made it not look like as alarming in this way. You know, I think he also he shot Obamacare, if I remember correctly. (laughs) I also like the uh, the GOP ad shooting the Obamacare bill because it is as close as they get to what they really want to do in a commercial, which is just shooting President Obama with a minigun. (laughs) Okay, fellas. Okay, you're let me ask you this. You're cutting a campaign ad. You're trying to look cool and badass. What kind of gun are you going to show off? Like, what's your gun campaign ad? If you if you had to think of one on the spot. Oh, um, well, this would be breaking sanctions, unfortunately, and uh, U.S. laws, because like you can't have an automatic or whatever type of gun this is. But I would, similar to Blake Masters, I would be like, guys, this is my favorite gun from the seminal game Battlefield 3, the AN-94. It looks like an all-black AK-47 to the untrained eye. But it does this weird thing where it shoots a two-round burst where there's no recoil on the second shot, which I'm not saying I would do this, but if you're Blake Masters and you have future plans to kill your entire family, (laughs) that's going to come in handy. (laughs) And like that second recoilless shot, I mean, that's good for a nice tight grouping. Mm-hmm. Around you know uh, uh, bills that you'd like to see uh, cashed out of government or family members. Yeah, no, it's all purpose. Uh, I think I would um, build either a small field of solar panels or a uh, windmill, and then uh, blow it up with an RPG. Ooh, all right, that's pretty cool. Uh, Felix, this one is for you. Uh, my uh, my gun campaign ad, it, w- it wouldn't be so much about the gun. It would be, you know, a, a nice handgun of some kind. But my campaign ad is that I would reenact the, yo, homie, is that my briefcase scene from Collateral? Oh, but, like, the, yeah. yeah. I, I would yeah. do that. I would do, I would do the Tom Cruise drill scene. Yo, homie, that my briefcase? But I'd be like, yo, homie, that my constitution? And then, like, it, like the two thugs <laughs> yeah. would be like, I don't know, uh, Obamacare <laughs> bureaucrats or IRS agents <laughs> or something. Yeah, no, it, you could do you could do anything with it. Like it could be obviously keep them as gang members, but like you put a piece of paper on their back, like a kick me sign, but it will say like, you know, woke ink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no, you but, could but, say, "Yo, homie, is that my culture?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but crucially, that'd though, be pretty cool. Uh, you know, th- I would. This would involve me actually doing. Um, the like the the the, the Tom Cruise Vincent collateral uh, drill on those two guys, but like there would be an extended director's cut of the campaign ad that showed all the times I like was trained and like dropped the gun trying to do that or shot myself in the foot <laughs> or just like you know <laughs> just like <laughs> hours and hours of of outtakes before I got it right. If you like, if you did something where it's like the guys you shot are just like regular like Republican interns who are wearing bulletproof vests. <laughs> Yeah, people would really people would really like that. I think I I think it would be great if if you were some kind of enterprising like American movie, that documentary filmmaker and to 
s- finance an entire your own version of John Wick by running for uh, Republican Senate and just cutting the entire movie as a series of ads for the uh, for your senatorial race. Just uh, yeah, doing like the Red Circle Club, but it's the Capitol. Yeah. All right. As long as we're talking about um, dumb, uh, <laughs> uh, dumb campaign stunts or just just politicians trying to butch up their appearance on television. Uh, Chris, could you play that Ted Cruz clip? I fucking love this. The state has now done that for new construction. They're trying to go after and regulate ceiling fans. I got to tell you, it's hot in Texas. We don't want to get rid of our ceiling fans. And now these idiots have come out and said, drink two beers a week. That's their guideline. Well, I got to tell you, if they want us to drink two beers a week, frankly, they can kiss my ass. No, okay. Um... Rod and Todd, very Rod and Todd uh, learning yeah. how to swear from part. I don't want no damn vegetables. I just, uh, <laughs> I, look, I'm, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've probably already seen the clip, but I would just like to uh, comment on like the, the visual tableau of his beer pals behind him, which I swear to God, I thought was like a painting when this, I thought this was like a, like a, like a screensaver or something. It's just these like, statuesque men with donut beards and cowboy hats just like just standing there like fucking like like marble busts except much fatter and yeah uh, yeah and they robotically take a sip of beer when he does he like put out a casting call he was like looking for big big men looking 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 for uh like fatty arbuckle builds <laughs> it's like if uh if ted cruz was saddam this is the cast of his like body uh body doubles <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i think there there were probably like there were probably like skinny guys in the shot and he was like no it was the opposite of like a mean french uh theater director he was like ew get him out of there <laughs> <laughs> this is a scene in casino where De Niro's yeah. like weighing the dancers. Yeah. Yes, he's castigating everyone who's lost weight. <laughs> but um what he's referring to, like now now these now these these idiots are saying drink two beers a week. Is it is this some sort of like uh big government great reset plan, or did Ted Cruz just like read a pamphlet on like how to deal with a family with a family member with alcoholism or something, or like try to stick to beer for a week or something like that. Like what is, is this a great reset plan to force Americans to or limit them to two beers a week? Does anyone have any idea where this is coming from? It's probably exactly that. Like everything that's like this, where it's like, Oh, well now they say that, um, you should, uh, you, uh, you should power your AC unit by, uh, hooking it up to a bicycle. Like, it's always just like a policy paper from like five years ago or like, I like this is probably like something this guy said where it's like, well, some people shouldn't have in excess of two beers a week. There's like I know like Democrats do really annoying stuff like uh, prohibit the types of uh, vapes you can buy. But Republicans also do that. And like, really, unless you were trying to lose reelection, what American politician would actually do that? would go yeah. like you know yeah, yeah. I'm, two I'm running beers on the a week. no more beer drinking platform yeah no, yeah no more fun but hey that's yeah. what democrats want yeah i saw it was like i saw this paper when it came out it was like one department deep within the fda like issues something i was like hey maybe this would be healthy but i don't know it seems like we're in uh the periodic hey in the, in the 90s it was like oh hey maybe one uh glass of red wine a day is actually good for you and you should drink more red wine and now like now we're in an actually no alcohol at all is good for you i don't know it's one of these yeah, things where, yeah no uh, I, yo, you Chris, go back I, and i noticed forth. that recently 
Yeah. Like now, now there people seem to be saying that actually, like no amount of alcohol is healthy. A for drop you. of alcohol, it's, it's, it's poison. Don't drink it. I mean, Ugh. I'm sure that basically, like what ninety percent of the things that we consume are poison in some way yeah. or another. But my argument would be, uh, civilization only exists because of humanity's drive to to create alcohol. So I, I think that a little of it needs to be factored into the, uh, uh, you know, human flourishing. Just get your get, get your get your Joe Biden ration card. I mean, hey, this maybe yes. this is how we can like uh, this is how we can um, sort of adjudicate our the social credit system we've been uh, promoting on this show. Is that if you do good, you can have four beers a week. <laughs> like if if your social virtue increases, you can get drunker. I think no, I think that's a good system that could benefit everyone. Yeah. And if you do really good, you can like up the blood alcohol level that will get you a DUI. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think that was part of our original pitch. Exactly is is the more points you get, the higher BAC. Or like, are the idea is that like for gun buybacks, like we you can like if you give away your guns, you get to drive drunk because you know is it is <laughs> you a know, carrot and a stick, you know? Because like guns are yes, fun, yes. but you know, so is getting intoxicated. Politics is about compromise. It's about the art yeah. of the possible, and you know, you're not going to get both no guns and perfectly sober driving so which one do you really want yeah and look a lot of people are going to die one way or the other you know but <laughs> it's just you gotta <laughs> um i i did see a really funny thing this week that was someone like unironically sort of arguing this where they said guess what uh 72 percent of uh like car related crimes the driver is sober <laughs> Which is like an amazing use of statistics. <laughs> what, what if all, that 72% had just one drink in them? I think we wouldn't see as many uh, accidents then. Yeah. I guess speaking of uh, food and drink and uh, culture war, have you guys seen the thing this week where like uh, sort of, I, I don't know, uh, the, the based contingent is shitting on Mexican food as being some sort of uh, quote, quote unquote slop? This, this was kicked off by that guy, uh, Pego Broy. Uh, Pego Broy is that he's sort of like a weird American expat who lives in France. I, I someone sent me a little uh, correspondence between him and Rod that I'm going to bring up real quick. Oh hell yeah! This was in relation to uh, the the sort of uh, Pas Pascal Emmanuel Gobri uh, wrote. Less people think French cuisine is just fancy high end food. It's just that the fact that it dominates their shows, it is the most advanced. Uh, Chef Michel Dumas has gone viral and blah, blah, blah. Like, he's just defending French cuisine. I mean, like, and I think the point he was making originally is that just produce in France is just light years better than anything you can get in America, which is unambiguously yeah, true. true. Like, that's unambiguously true. But then people were kind of like, oh, French cuisine's overrated. It's just rich sauces. And then, I don't know, like, so someone made some uh, sort of blanket condemnation of Mexican food being like Americans are the only people who care about Mexican food outside of Mexico. Mexican food's just slop. It just takes spices to make inferior ingredients taste good. <laughs> to which, that's just called cooking. That's just called yeah. cooking. Like, oh, also, taking also, ingredients and making them taste better but through combination is just sort of what <laughs> cooking is, so... Also, like the, I mean, like the everyone, everyone always lies in the yeah. like you know national uh, cuisine debates. Like, okay, the produce in like Belgium is better than anything in America, and those are horrifying looking people. Like uh, America has, <laughs> like we have the worst standards for like everything. Like that is beyond debate. The basic ingredients are better in France. Like that is inarguable. But on the right wing side, um, oh, Americans are the only people obsessed with Mexican food. How come I see the shittiest uh, attempts at tacos ever are done in Europe and Israel, which is pretty much part of Europe? 
Yes, there's always that uncanny feeling of being in like, I don't know, like Scotland or something and seeing like me- Mexican Fiesta restaurant. And you're like, hmm, how, how, how much are they nailing that? Well, there? to be fair, that is probably very bad Mexican food. <laughs> if, it's, it's a, if it's a Mexican Fiesta in Glasgow, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, that's what they have in, uh, instead of Panera in France, is they just have a place called like, you know, uh, Le Le Cinque de, de Mayo, <laughs> La Enchilada. I don't know. I mean, I I I saw that Sargon of Akkad guy talking about how it's 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 slop for degenerates, and it was just like I you know like I'm with you, Felix. I hate these like food debates online. Everyone's capping. Everyone's full of shit. No nobody knows how to cook. Nobody knows no. the first thing about cooking. And like, but you know, I mean, like I don't even want to defend it because I'm not going to say, oh, actually, I think Mexican food is a world class cuisine. Like. Who gives a shit? But I mean, it's just it's just more in the way in like this kind of like pretend way in which people argue about spicing food as a as a sort of substitute for doing race war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, I do got I do got to get to the Rod meal. He just says Rod quote uh, uh, tweets uh, Pascal here, and he says, "I would like to point out here that the first time I met at Pego Bray English, we went to an old fashioned country French Ugh. food restaurant, and he ate strips of cow snout in brown gravy while I had cabbage stuffed with minced pork." It was one of the best meals of my life. And you know what? Like, I, I bet the cow strips and brown gravy and the minced pork cabbage. You know what? I bet it was quite good. But it is just funny to imagine those two guys slopping down uh, beef snouts and <laughs> grand gand- <laughs> And if you're complaining about slop, uh, stuffed cabbage and fucking uh, a beef snout with gravy uh, doesn't. Is, is, is basically, I mean, like, that's basically just what a taco is. Come on. I mean, okay, yeah. Slop is like, it's the new signifier. It's the new signifier word online. But okay, look, a lot of the based online guys are, um, at, you know, if this isn't condemnation enough, they're Polish. A lot of those guys are Polish. <laughs> and I respect the Polish people. I think it's delightful. They're square, square heads. I love how they look. I think it's an awesome look. I would love to have a Polish bride if I could guarantee that our kids listen to baby Einstein to reach average <laughs> intelligence. Uh, but um, I love their food too, but that's a slop cuisine. Like three quarters of Polish food are slop. Sometimes it's slop inside a cabbage. Oh man, Chris, that's the Polish slop. restaurant you, me and Matt went to in Montreal. Fucking great. Great. Excellent. Stuff. Was it stash it's, cafe? If you've ever been in Montreal, yeah. check that out. I bet it was great, but it was probably still slop. It was yeah, still I had a big bowl of you know, sauerkraut. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and beets. Yes. Cause it's like, well, you know, beets by people Andre. Do like, <laughs> people want to do like, you know, cultural supremacy about this. But the truth is, is that ba- all cultures are basically the same. They just have different signifiers. Every culture has its own slop cuisine. And in France, it just s- appears fancy to us. If you're getting like tripe in a bechamel sauce or whatever, <laughs> just because we don't use those words that often. Yeah. But like, is that better or worse than anything that you get on like diners, drive-ins and dives? dives? It's like a, yeah. a bean stuffed beef pizza blaster that also is slop, but it also is delicious, just in a different way. What is bechamel if not just white slop? White slop. Yeah. I got, I got, I got another. I got another article here about politicians attempting to sort of butch up their image. 
This is one we've talked about before, but it continues to get media coverage here in Axios. Exclusive. GOP donors fret over Scott's single status. So once again, is t- does Tim Scott get pussy is a question of national concern. And I just want to read this uh, Axios <laughs> article for a second. It says, top GOP donors and their allies privately are pushing Senator Tim Scott's team for more detail about his bachelor status before deciding how much to support him in the presidential campaign, according to two people familiar with the conversations. Why it matters. Many of the donors are in the market for a viable alternative to former President Trump, but still aren't sure about Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, The U.S. hasn't elected an unmarried person as president in 139 years. It's typical for candidates to trot out their families to try to enhance their appeal to voters. Scott's reluctance to say much about his private life has raised concerns among some conservative Republican donors, according to the sources, who requested anonymity given the sensitivity of the issue. Now, I should say that... um, Tim Scott says he has a girlfriend, but is sort of... Um, she lives in Canada. Not, she goes she to lives another in Canada. School. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, even Cory Booker produced the girlfriend. Yeah. Like, he was enough of a pro to... Well, I mean, that's because I don't think Tim Scott's gay. I think he's just, you know, he's he's a not-getting-pussy type of guy. <laughs> this all feels very much like well, how many angels on the head of a pin stuff from top GOP donors looking for an alternative candidate. It's like they have fun debating like how many stars are in the sky. We all know which the, what the actual outcome of this is going to be. I mean, like they they mentioned it in the beginning of the article here, but like this comes in conjunction with um, another article from today about how the Ron DeSantis super PAC is ending its door knocking operations in Nevada and other super Tuesday, Nevada and super Tuesday States. This is like the a hundred million dollar touted canvassing effort. And they're just like, they're closing shop on it right now. So those same donors that paid him $100 million to like close doors on his, you know, canvassing operation, they desperately need another Ron DeSantis. And right now they're like doing like my fair lady shit to get Tim Scott, the, the right kind of woman. to fucking... <laughs> The rain in Spain stays mainly in the plain. I can't. But um, yeah, it's this here. Uh, the fact that half of America's adult population is single for the first time to suggest that somehow being married or not married is going to be the determining factor of whether you're a good president or not. It sounds like we're living in 1963 and not 2023, Scott said. Ooh. Half of America's adult population is single but right he, now? But he also said he had a girlfriend but is keeping her identity private. Yeah, he can't make up his mind. If Tim Scott, like, he, here's the way Tim Scott could actually, like, have a moment and not win the nomination, but, like, you know, maybe contest uh, Vivek for the inheritor of the party. If Tim Scott like has kind of like an end of eight mile moment, yeah, like I don't, I don't, I've had, se- <laughs> I don't get pussy. I have sex. I had sex once. I am a fucking bum. I, I <laughs> you know, the, like that, that sort of stuff. If he because there's no like Vivek and Josh Hallway, like they all talk about it. They're all like. Uh, it's sad. We're going to we're going to, you know, uh, help the young guys who don't get pussy. But Tim Scott is a guy who doesn't get pussy. That's very different. That's very, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very different. And he could he could really have a moment doing that. You're absolutely right, because it's like the the fantasy of this donor class is that they need to find like a, quote, normal guy. Right. But you have yeah. to have a thing 
to pop in these campaigns. If like yeah. Ron DeSantis tried to make his thing being like, oh, I'm the online based culture warrior guy. Vivek's thing is like, I'm the psycho outsider. What like Haley Scott? They're both competing for the I'm normal lane, which isn't even a lane. You got to have your thing and being yeah. like, I'm a proud non pussy getter. That look, that's gonna at least get some eyes <laughs> well, on you. Well, 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 Chris. I mean, like he's he's already like uh, sort of workshopping some lines on this, and he says. I probably have more time, more energy, and more latitude to do the job, he said, adding that even so, my girlfriend wants to see me when I come home. So My orgone's stored I, I, as hell. So he's just saying, like, I'm a boyfriend. I'm just not a very good boyfriend. <laughs> 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 like I barely talked to her. I'm, I'm, I'm working. That reminds me of a seminal, uh, a seminal post. Um, probably, like... I don't know. I, I would say better than the Game Master Anthony post, but it was a uh, something awful post. And it was like a guy. They, it was like one of those 30 page arguments about like video games or something. And, it, you know, typical 2004 online argument. They're like, oh, you're a virgin. And the guy's like, you know what? Yes, I am. Congrats. You've had sex. What do you get now? A high five from your friends at the bar. You know what I got? <laughs> the a seminal experience playing Chrono Trigger <laughs> that you'll never have. <laughs> See, you know, I got to say, like, if being good at video games is one of the prerequisites to being president of the United States, I wouldn't want someone with a girlfriend or wife getting in there. No, no. Yeah. Boys, are you he trading never fucking for being president of the United States of America? <laughs> uh, I, I, I really... The proof is in the pudding of him saying that he has more energy, you know, having a girlfriend, because it's like, Tim Scott, you clearly have never listened to a girlfriend talk about who she does and doesn't like at work. Yeah. <laughs> that, that does one thing to your energy and it doesn't add to it. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, like, uh, he's about to put his head down on the pillow. You know, he's like, uh, Tim Scott is elected president. He's about to, like, put his head down on the pillow before like uh, a summit tomorrow with China over whether we go to war with the Taiwan. And then the wife and her girlfriend goes, Tim, would you still love me if I was a tree? And he goes, Oh, not this again. <laughs> uh, but I, one more thing from the, um, the Tim Scott piece. It says here, uh, potential donors who have asked Scott's campaign about his personal life have been told uh, much the same thing, but for some, it has only fueled their curiosity and apprehension. The sources said, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker went through the same thing running for president in 2020, and it seems not to have been a problem for him. But maybe that's more normal for Democrats, said one source familiar with the sentiment among GOP donors. I mean, it didn't work for him. He didn't win a single fucking primary. <laughs> like he, Yeah, but I, I would say it wasn't the problem. I mean, Cory Booker also like produced the girlfriend. Yeah, most no, no, it was. Yes, and not only a, that, habeas, a corpus, a habeas girlfriendus produced yeah. the girlfriend. Yes. It's Ahsoka now snowing on Disney Plus. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, Chris, can we can we, can we pull up the Cory because yeah, Bo yeah, Cory yeah. popped into my feed this week as well, and I just wanted to share this Cory Booker clip because he's he, he Felix. Remember remember the uh, the the episode we did on TikToks with with Layla? Yes. Okay, this is a corked up shorty right here. Hey, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to do this to you, but where do rainbows <laughs> go? Who've done bad? Prism. It's a light sentence. It just gives them time to reflect. Oh, wow. <laughs> Fuck. 
<laughs> I used to like I, I I used to like openly despise Booker because he was like a super like super pro Israel, like threatened the Iran deal. And I thought this whole fucking positivity act, like you're so cynical, what a piece of shit. But now I think more frighteningly, this is totally sincere. Yeah. Which is way scarier. I think he's really like this. I've never heard a story to suggest that he isn't. Everyone's personal interactions with it, him are like, you know, he kind of is like the the one guy that we talked about with uh, Leia, uh, Leia, the um, guy in the hoodie who's always like, uh, yeah, hey, good morning. Did you know that you <laughs> fucking rock? And one day you're going to find someone that rocks as much as you. And both of you will rock even fucking harder. <laughs> I want to see him start doing like uh, like the style of TikToks where it's like 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 dialogues with like uh, the dialogues with your child after you've killed them in a car accident or something well, like that. Well, it's just like, is, no, dad, I don't want to go. And he's just <laughs> well, that is like he's less that style, like Calvin's TikToks. Calvin, that's, Calvin, Calvin is more like that's more like a Republican senator because like they're always presenting, you know, these terrifying hypotheticals where it's like, you know, your mother was the most beautiful intelligent person in the world and i i know i see her eyes in you but uh to fucking uh gender mexican <laughs> raped her to death because of the border <laughs> so that yeah that's more that's more republican they love those like trey gowdy was doing those a lot he was sort of <laughs> yeah calvin he sort of had calvin's haircut you might say <laughs> Uh, I have to say, when I when I first you first sent me this, I just saw the headline before the video loaded. Remember when this guy ran for president and the video loaded and in the Under Armour shirt, the first thing I thought was, oh, man, John Delaney's looking good. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, next story here I got to talk about. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll follow I'll follow this. Uh, I'll follow this story under the, the sort of the category of advertising wishful thinking headline. Tucker Carlson says he fears for Trump's life. We're speeding toward assassination. And this punchline here is that he told this to Adam Carolla on the Adam Carolla podcast. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, uh, Tucker, you're not going to be that lucky. You're, you are yeah, not going to have this yeah. problem. Just like you're not going to have Trump just taken off the board for you so that you can run for president or that you don't have to talk to him and kiss his ass anymore. Tucker is doing something very cynical that I would never do. And it's trying to get schizophrenic people in his audience to heed what he thinks are secret commands to fulfill his wishes. <laughs> yeah. by, by the way, 81, 36, 79, blue, yellow, <laughs> underground. Don't, it's raining don't. on Thursday. What? what? No, what? no. What are you talking about? What? <laughs> but yeah, no. For your own good. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no. T Tucker is like smart enough to know that Trump is a doomed candidate. Um, but yeah, yeah, this would be the not, with, not like, that lucky, buddy. But no, seriously though, like, wouldn't Trump getting assassinated be like the perfect ending for all, like, oh, for every kind of Republican, for Trump supporters and people who hate him? He, yes, yeah. he would. He would ascend to the the mythic the level. Godhead. Yeah, you know, it would be all perfect. sins wiped clear. Yeah, you know, it would be perfect about it. I just realized it would be the never Trump or neocons. That's the way they get back in the fold. Because they would be like, oh, yeah, I was ready to stay a Democrat until I saw how disgustingly Democrats acted after Trump was killed. And so yes. I, you know, now I'm a yeah. Republican again. 
it would, it would really, it works for everyone. It would clear the boards for everyone included. It would probably it would solve a lot of problems for Trump as well. Yeah, yeah honestly. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's probably like Trump's a relatable figure in in some ways, and it's like you know, I, I if I was going through what he's going through right now, I would definitely think like you know I'm not suicidal, <laughs> yeah. but I wish I could fucking die. Now I'm going to die. Yeah, I would, dude. I would, I would hate to be a defendant in a voter fraud case. That would suck. Well, I saw on your recommendation, Army of Shadows last night, and it's just like the very end when they flip the resistance hero the the nazis uh get her to talk and the rest of the resistance is like put yourself in her shoes. she wants wouldn't you want yeah, she wants you, you to want kill to be killed her. as yeah. well <laughs> yeah like it's this is the best thing we can do for our friend <laughs> yeah, for is everyone kill her, yeah. is execute her because yeah she was compromised uh but i just want to, uh, a little bit more here it says uh having just hosted an interview with the twice impeached four times indicted former president on august 23rd <laughs> via his ex-social media talk show, Carlson joined conservative podcast host Adam Carolla on Wednesday to talk about his time with the embattled politician. He ended up sharing that he continues to fear for Trump's life. We're speeding towards assassination, Carlson said, energy rising. Carlson's logic was up until this, this point, the other efforts from what he's coined permanent Washington have failed to move the needle against the Republican Party's leading 2024 candidate. I mean, look, they protested him. They called him names. He won anyway. They impeached him twice on ridiculous pretenses. They fabricated a lot of what happened on January 6th in order to impeach him again. It didn't work. He came back. Then they indicted him. It didn't work. He became more popular. Then they indicted him three more times. And every single time, his popularity rose. I'll, I'll notice that um, Tucker uh, sort of like trailed off talking about how ridiculous and made up the indictments were after the third or fourth one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's when you lay it all out like that. What a what a wild ride it's been. <laughs> I Chris, I think you said this. He really has done so much for our entertainment. That's exactly He's what I thought about when so I was much. When the mug shot came out, and I was just like thinking about that day and the day that he got COVID and just everything. Like you know, obviously he he designs his entire life to never feel a moment of personal discomfort, and he obviously lacks any the the organ in your brain that produces shame. But on a just objective level, he he has suffered so much to put himself in so many wildly entertaining circumstances. If, when you just look at it on paper, he has he has suffered so much for our, for our amusement. Yeah, it's objectively true. It's like like if he can be commended for anything, you know, people found nice things to say about Nixon in his funeral. That's what I would say about him. And just like today, something came through that he's like, like the New York AG is pinning him on overinflating his value fraudulently. Yeah, by two billion dollars, by billions of dollars. Uh, he's in some kind of cockamamie real estate scheme with Don Jr. now, apparently about like <laughs> selling Mar-a-Lago to him for like ten times. It's just like, and none of this stuff would be paid attention to if he wasn't in the middle every day, still compelled to keep the bike upright. And going out there and be like, because the again, the only thing that makes sense for him is continuing to run for president or getting assassinated. Like, those are the those are the two options. Uh, Tucker said uh, Carlson's statement came moments after he accused the CIA of being a totally illegitimate criminal organization, unless it is following precisely the orders of the elected president. I love that as a way for Tucker Carlson. <laughs> I was like little little wannabe spook that he was to criticize the CIA to be like the CIA is a totally illegitimate criminal enterprise, unless it's doing the direct bidding of the president of the United States. In that case, we should keep it around. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like what, like Tucker, like you're you've cr I thought you crossed the Rubicon, homie. 
why don't you say abolish the CIA? Get rid of it. To, no, he's like, but hey, no. I mean, I'd want it around if I was president to do what I tell what I still tell them to. But um, I, I guess like the, the other thing I'm really enjoying about the Trump indictments is like since the mugshot has come out, I really liked how I don't know, like a, a certain tranche of the like conservative media has decided that um, urban black culture is now not totally pathological and it is in fact cool as hell. I read the. I know you've seen these tweets. Trump became a hood billionaire overnight. He's now got the street cred of Big Meech and Larry Hoover. That mugshot is going to make him have the respect of every gangster and hustler in the hood. Y'all have two, no idea. I heard two brothers walking down the street calling him there. Fanny Willis has no idea what she's done. And I just, I, I love the way they're just, they're leaning into like, I, we've always heard that the Trump's gangster, but the mugshot thing now is like, they're really saying that like, oh, like, this is going to, I mean, like, in a way, that's not at all condescending a racist. They're like, oh, now that he's an indicted felon, uh, this should sure to up his share of the black vote. I mean, like, if you did this in 1999, I know we always say, like, you know, things move forward. But, like, if you did this in 1999, you would have to, like, resign from everything, <laughs> every position you held. Like, then people would, like, be like, this. that's the most racist thing, like, anyone's ever said. Like, the implication that if like black people see anyone got arrested they're like oh he's right like if they see like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if they see like dennis raider's mugshot they're like yeah. yo <laughs> yeah yo, yo yo that's my dog it uh, is amazing it, it, that the the way that uh conservatives have talked about this stuff has not evolved an iota since bullworth came out once again it's such a prophetic film and that was yes. about a fucking democrat uh, another 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 roll call from the uh, the uh, the Trump mugshot. This is a uh, Jesse Waters on Fox. He says, "I say this with an unblemished record of heterosexuality. He looks good <laughs> and he looks hard. He looks hard." Okay, define but- unblemished. <laughs> uh, and what did you guys make of the actual Trump mugshot, though? Because honestly, I thought Maybe he was I, he was I, he was serving cunt. He like <laughs> I. I I knew it was either going to be like, um, you know, he does a thumbs up and smiles or like tries to look like badass. I think he should have gone with the smiling. Honestly, I agree. I completely because, agree. Yeah. 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 He looked like he looked like a manual. He looked like a, <laughs> yes, he did. He looked, he looked like, like a like really a palace fluffy cat. palace cat. It just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it just like I got those on the brain, but I <laughs> yeah. within seconds I found one that looked exactly like him because he's not like only to his base does do you see him and think like oh he looks badass like do you, oh god the the Jesse Waters thing reminded me of like remember the when he wore a mask one time and like all all those guys were like this is the most fucking badass a mask has ever looked. He looks like what kind awesome of mask? Like, like a one. COVID mask? Yeah, COVID mask. Oh, right. Oh, okay. It would be funny yeah. if it was just like a Halloween mask. <laughs> like a Frankenstein <laughs> mask. Like a shitty Frankenstein mask. Yeah, a great cool. Frankenstein for, for Halloween. Yeah, the thing about yeah. the, 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 the smiling thumbs up that I think would come off as even more power, powerful is like, I don't, I don't take this seriously. I don't care about this. And nothing's yeah, going to no, happen. You, so, you know, I'm having it's fun. It's clearly... Yeah. Like the the th- the thumbs up smiling style. That's what I was expecting. But I think clearly, like he had people in his ear who were like, 
Yeah, okay, he had like the Kim Kardashian DMV glam squad before that fucking mugshot too. So he was he was thinking he was thinking ten steps ahead there too. You know, like gotta look good in the mugshot. But I think he had his like advisors in his ear saying that like you need to communicate what a dire moment this is for our republic and our constitution. But like it would have been a lot cooler if he was just like big smiles, thumbs up. Yeah, they're trying to get him on this like you know you need to be like Andrew Tate, you need to do dark MAGA, and it's yeah, like, this he is the know Claremont what the fuck Institute guys is. are probably yeah. telling him this shit. Yeah, I do, I do, I do think though that like he had out, obviously everyone in that sheriff's office like voted for him. Yeah, um, <laughs> we know that because they're cops, but like also because. They like clearly let him do contouring before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they were like, oh, you're 215 pounds. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Oh, but, oh my God. <laughs> yes, yes. The idea yes. that they, they, they booked him with the 215 pounds is, oh. Wow. That, makes, that makes him more of a flight risk than anything. Because it's like, yeah. if you're looking for a 215 pound man and you see him, like, you don't know what he is, <laughs> but you're like, he's not 215. Like, I yeah. know that. Like the only way he could be two fifteen is like a we like a hollow bone situation. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which also makes me makes me not believe the six three. Or maybe he was one six three and he's got old age shrinkage. I cannot believe that that we would look exactly eye eye to eye. I think he's six three. I mean, I mean, look at Baron. Look at Baron. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Melania is pretty tall, but like you need two tall parents to get a kid that tall. It's true. I'm um, sorry. One more quote here from uh, Jesse Waters about the mugshot. Uh, he, he said on TV, the, the mugshot has breathed new life into the Trump campaign and brought in his appeal to black Americans. Today, my garbage man told me he's buying mugshot tees for everyone at Christmas. It's like, <laughs> what a shitty gift. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that reminds me actually of this, uh, this quote uh, about Vivek in, uh, I think it was like the New Yorker profile of him. Uh, this says here, this is about Vivek. It says a conservatism that puts faith in unfettered markets would come to inform even Ramswamy's understanding of caste relations in the Indian state of Kerala, where he spent summers with his family. Ramswamy's family is Brahmin, the highest caste in the Hindu hierarchy. In Woke Incorporated, he maintains that American style capitalism is repairing the damage of that pernicious system writing approvingly that a lower caste guy in India can now deliver Domino's pizza and my family tips him to show their appreciation. That's <laughs> like, oh just, man. Instead of just attacking yeah. him on site. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're making progress. My, grandfather, my grandfather used to just light him on fire. <laughs> I love I love that that's like that's like like if you made like if you made glory in India it would be about like the first like untouchable Domino's delivery guy. <laughs> and, and Vivek is the Brahmin officer that trains them into becoming yeah, big yeah. delivery people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I get that's what unwoke capitalism does. Yeah. Imagine what woke capitalism would do. Yeah. It would probably make him the manager of Domino's. Yeah. So like, yeah, like we're free markets are breaking down the caste system. We're now like, you know, uh, people of lower caste can now deliver pizza to you and you can tip them. You can even tip them. Uh, while we're talking about Vivek, can I bring up one other thing from his platform yeah, that I was thinking of? Uh, one of his planks is human flourishing requires fossil fuels. And I was thinking about that for a second. And just I like to interpret that as a fully black-pilled acknowledgement that human society will not exist within 30 years, 40 years. <laughs> like, it will not survive the century. Let, maybe not his lifetime. If, if that is your premise, 
And like even the oil companies, even Shell and BP will say like, yeah, we've got maybe, maybe 40 more years of, of oil in the ground on Earth. Then you're just like, plank four, we're all going to die. Society, <laughs> not sustainable. Why are we, why even try? Human flourishing depends on ecocide. Enjoy it while it lasts, yes. folks. And also, uh, uh, there are only two genders. Yes. It's like, yeah, if that's true, if human flourishing depends on uh, petroleum extraction, why are we giving a shit about how many genders there are? Like, yeah. fucking fuck it. Hold like, your loved ones close. Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. You and your children are the last ones ever. Yeah. I did find out this week about yet another Republican candidate for president who's gotten no burn, but he's basically like this, this cycles Evan McMuffin. His name is uh, Will Hurd. Have you guys seen this guy? That guy's running for president? Yes, yes, I he thought is. He was just like what the f- he's, he's, a, he's a former I CIA did. agent. Yeah. That guy, what the He's a former fuck? Republican congressman from Texas and current Is Republican this a money laundering president. thing? <laughs> I mean, he's a former CIA officer, so yeah. like, perhaps. But uh, yeah, he's just sort of like a... He's like, a, a, I guess, like very moderate by Republican standards, um, because like, yeah, there's a Politico ar- uh, article where they just hung out with him in a hotel in Times Square while he watched the Republican presidential debate. Amazing. And like sort of. Fi- and then I, I, I saw a video. Uh, there was like a campaign video on Twitter this morning, and it was him. This guy I've never heard of. He looks like this sort of like he, he looks pretty soy for a Republican candidate. He's got like, you know, he's got the sort of like Weezer Buddy Holly glasses and he's he's by the wall. He looks like a daytime correspondent on CNN. Yeah. And like he's just talking about he's like, you know, he's talking about his experience in Afghanistan to be like, I know how to deal with organizations like human traffickers and the drug cartels and like using his, you know, the, his life experience um, being working with the CIA in Afghanistan. And it's just like, I'm sorry, you can't use that example because while you were there, World, the world historical levels of heroin production. As soon as you left, guess what? It's gone. Guess who's running the country now? The Taliban. Like you didn't, you did not break them up. You did not counter their influence. They're running the fucking country now. But there, there, there was just one line in this piece that I, I wanted to read because of how gross I thought it was. He, he's, he was, he's watching the, the debate and he's talking to like, uh, you know, like uh, people like Vivek and others who are, um, you know, sort of. Uh, they're running against funding the war in Ukraine. And he says, for 5% of the DOD budget, we've dismantled the Russian military. That's beneficial for us. The concerns I have is that the Biden administration is hoping that potentially a deal where Russia keeps Crimea. That's my fear with the criticisms that are coming, you know, in the press from unnamed sources in the administration. Man, are you doing the heroin, Will, Will Hurd? Because you're, <laughs> you're going slow-mo baseball head. No one cares about Crimea now. Like, no, like... Only, only like the most annoying guys who post maps are like, we need to get Crimea back. Gunther. I mean, if Gunther ran, I would vote for him. Yeah. I but would. Will Hurd is no Gunther. He lacks yeah. the joie de vivre. He says Hurd goes further than any other GOP candidate and certainly than Biden in the, in that, in the support he wants to the U.S. to offer Ukraine. He's the only one to have called for a no-fly zone, and he wants Russia pushed back out of the territories it's occupied or annexed since 2014, including the Crimean Peninsula. And the day that happens and there's a victory, Ukraine should be part of NATO. But I just want to get back to what he said at the beginning of this quote, where he said, for 5% of the DOD budget, we've dismantled the Russian military. And that's been beneficial to us. It's like, oh, yeah, for 5% of our budget and for, like, I don't know, 100% of every military-aged male in Ukraine, 
It's just yeah. like, I think it's so sick the way these people talk about like how it's just been like, no sweat off our brow to keep this war going forever. We don't need to concede anything. Mm. Keep it going. Yeah, there is a complete like discounting of the complete like loss of life, but also like the after effects of this. I mean, obviously, Will Hurd would never talk about that considering his previous career. But like, OK, Ukraine after this war is done, which like. gun to my head how does it play out with how it's looking today probably not that good for them i'm guessing they're not as they're not in that strong a position today okay so uh much less stable ukraine with like a huge portion of its military age males now dead but with like more weapons than they've ever had just floating around more weapons than people that's gonna go great that will be amazing for only 5% of the DOD budget. <laughs> and like 5% of the DOD budget could, I don't know, like give health care to every single person in America. I know that's probably an exaggeration, but you know, like the point, the point Not remains. Not much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could at least like, I don't know, like finally complete like rural broadbandification or some, something better than this. Yeah. So something, something more beneficial to America than like uh, killing everyone in Ukraine. Yeah. And like, well, like, what advantage are we supposed to see? like, even if Russia's military had been completely decimated, which like it isn't like we made fun of them for having having a rough stretch. I still will make fun of them for that. But like they seem to be doing a lot better now. But like, even if they weren't like what what benefit well, does that provide? It, it like the average like, American? It seems like no, I mean, like no side really seems to be doing well other than the you know, policy planners in the State Department or CIA. But like the thing is, Russia is just such a bigger country and it can keep this thing going with like with with like the effects of the war going on indefinitely will be severely worse for the Ukraine than it is would be for Russia. At least that's what it appears to in my opinion, because they just have so many more people. It also just like if this is your pitch for running for president, it's like, what is the policy extrapolation like that? I will go to world powers into morass invasions of other smaller countries to expend minuscule amounts of American foreign military aid and untold amounts of foreign lives to just like fuck up another country's military. Like that basically is like, and we'll do the same in Taiwan. Yeah. And that's against China, not Russia. I got that. That's it for me today. Do you guys have any other uh, any other uh, tidbits, queries, questions, digressions? Oh, just still on Vivek. Did you guys see that amazing photo of Pete and uh, Vivek in the same? Oh man, uh, yeah, yeah. It, yes. I, I, now, according to Twitter community notes, it was not actually the same event, but it was the same election cycle, and there were two town halls uh, done by MSNBC. So they, I don't think they were in the same room. But like, but I mean, effectively you know, the it, same room. It's like it's like the Rambo three Mujahideen fighters thing. This is this is truth. This is this is ecstatic truth, not the the truth of accountants. I liked um, Vivek's question. It was um, why you know why should we nominate Al Sharpton instead of uh, someone who's more experienced? <laughs> what? <laughs> Al Sharpton was running for the Democratic nomination in two thousand. Yeah, but like Al Sharpton but, is like, an experienced politico. He's been around fucking politics for decades now. Yeah, well, I and mean, then, but it's also it, funny for him to be asking that question, right? Well, it shows it shows that Vivek was uh, wonking out at a very young age, <laughs> and now he's and you know, and now he's anti wonk, you know. Yeah, but yeah, I think Vivek was probably, I think, a Wesley Clark guy at that point, right? Sorry, I was just uh, as long as we're talking about Vivek, I was I've just been reading more about the way he cashed out on that Alzheimer's drug that was never going to work. 
Like it's it's insane. Like he he's an actual cutthroat. Like Vivek is, you know, he's not he's not one of the the dummies in this thing. He's an actual cutthroat. And uh he isn't he's not like Elon Musk or someone who like they got lucky and someone bought their business at the right time and they but they've convinced themselves they're a genius. No, Vivek that was Vivek's plan from the start. He's like, "No, I'm yeah. going to take advantage of the cycle and make, you know, 800 million dollars." And like just doing this. And it was and it was all based on fucking like uh promoting this idea of a miracle cure for Alzheimer's, which is like one of the worst diseases you can possibly even imagine. Yes. And his cut like when he took it public, the comp- the company lost three billion dollars and and he deposited something like nine hundred and fifty billion dollars million dollars of profits into his own bank account. It just like a capitalism grand. Well he's yeah, I mean, like- he he's a version of Elizabeth Holmes who like Yes. did the right forms to avoid going to prison. I mean, think how much more successful you'd be if he could adopt a throaty voice like Elizabeth Holmes and not his pipsqueak fucking <laughs> Mickey Mouse routine. That's exactly what I thought it was it, reading about it. It looks like he he did Theranos, but with a soft landing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, again, it shows what a, you know, relatively smarter guy he is than the rest of the field. The whole story of his company is very fun to think about in the context of uh, people saying that... Uh, American, just anything, any medical, anything in America needs to cost what it does to <laughs> yeah. <fund> research and development. <laughs> yeah. And this yeah. is the research and development. Yeah. Buying, yes. buying Vivek's <laughs> fake company. Yes. Like, speaking of that, like, I saw a thing today that was like one oncology clinic in New Mexico has spent, spends $350,000 a year just uh, disputing claims denials from insurance. Uh, I know that's an aside to the Vivek thing, but just like Ugh. another like real uh, mind killer stat of like where the money goes in American health care. It goes yeah. to Vivek's pockets or some like beleaguered claims adjuster trying to get their cancer treatment funded by the insurance companies. Yeah. I mean, the fa- like the fact that Medicare couldn't negotiate drug prices until <laughs> that's like what other thing do you get to do? Even defense contractors. We negotiate with defense contractors on prices, but yeah. this is just like, this is the one thing you can't. And it's all like, it, there is no other explanation given because we've, we've done tort reform. We've done every fucking stupid thing they said was the sole cause of the problem. Yeah. Tort uh, reform, man. Yeah. That, that was like, yeah, that was like a nineties, two thousands thing about like, yeah, this is why medical care is, is it costs so much money. It's cause, cause, but the thing is like it under our system, you have to sue. Yeah. Like, 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 even if you don't want to, like, you have to, because it's like, we don't have insurance. It is just like the court system is how we deal with medical debt. There was a uh, <clears throat> hospital chain that sold uh, a huge bundling of its debt for point, I think, 0.5% of its face value, which is like amazing because you realize like, oh, they don't even think anyone can pay this back. They and they they probably just need like point one percent of people to pay it ever to make an absurd profit. But yeah, I don't know. It will it won't change until I don't know the football player <laughs> runs for senate or something on the platform <laughs> of changing it. Well, in the meantime, it's uh, it's funding Vivek's campaign. Well, I mean, I was just thinking that in light of uh, Chris, I know you've been watching the uh, the telemarketers miniseries yes. on on HBO because like. And we, I would love to get those guys on the show. It's a great I series. I don't want to jinx like, it on Mike, but yeah. it's looking like we'll, we'll, it'll happen. We'll talk to them soon. Yeah, but like I just watching that, and if you don't know, it's about like 
these guys who actually worked for this like multi-billion dollar telemarketing fraud, like where if you've ever gotten a phone call from someone asking for money on behalf of a police department, they are just robbing you essentially. Like it just, Mm -hmm. but it is all done under the guise of like police benevolence associations and the cops who just like get free money from this. And then your grandmother's social security check every month, thanks to these like telemarketers. But it's just insane to me, like whether it's that or healthcare, Whenever I ponder just like the ways in which this country allows people to just like allows its own people to just be robbed stupid, just to have like be held up by the ankles and shaken out at every given opportunity, even when you're dying. And there are amazing scenes in telemarketers where they're calling people asking for money. And this lady says, I have five months to live and they're still asking for money. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great series, um, and it really does give you that dread feeling of just how the tentacles of capitalism will seep down into the most disgusting little ticky tacky cracks of society to extract value any way that it possibly can. It it is a a good like capitalism in the market as an absolute cancer documentary. Yeah. A lot of wacky characters that we love to see and hear from. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up and leave it, leave it there for today. Um, Do we have anything to plug? Uh, I'll just say that we dropped, uh, speaking of Rod Dreher, uh, we dropped a eight-hour mega mix of every th- every oh, Rod Dreher, Dreher reading series on uh, the YouTube, youtube.com slash Chapo Trap House. Uh, not really plugging it for any reason other than it's there for your listening pleasure. If you've got a, um, got a you know, long drive not, coming up. Check it out. Seriously, but full work day of, of Dreher content. And it also is, shout out Acid Marxist on uh, YouTube who has spent years uh, very diligently clipping the best clips from the show and putting them on, on uh, YouTube uh, in a very like generous, like promoting the best of the show way. I am always in favor of people who want to like clip or remix or take stuff from the show and make new content. Make deep fake nudes of me. Yeah, or as long as you're not mercenarily posting every single episode or just like stealing stuff from behind the Patreon, uh, you know, for to 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 try to like harvest clicks or whatever but anyway shout out to acid marxist he put this together for us um and it is i I enjoyed listening to it because it is just it's like our own eras tour you know because every time you check in with rod you're at a different era of the show and it's it's just fun to hear it uh go through and evolve for uh you know seven years of rod well so that's on youtube.com slash chapo trap house i will put a link to it in the show description so uh until next time gentlemen bye-bye bye-bye bye